You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Winter is properly here now, isn't it? I'm going to be baptising a friend of mine in Felixstowe uh, Sea later on, so I'll be praying that I, su- praying that I survive that. Um, if you uh, want to get baptised, we do have other options available. Um, in fact, next Sunday, we've got a couple of people getting baptised here. Uh, in a nice preheated tank, and uh, I would very much advise that if I were you. But um, anyway, so pray for me that I survive later on. Uh, Just on the note of baptism, really, this is something that we really believe is important. It's important uh, because Jesus told us to get baptized, believe and be baptized. This was the pattern of his disciples when they went and spread the good news everywhere they went. They baptized people. And uh, I think it's so important to, to do it, not to wait until you have uh, every relative in the world to come and see it and have to sort of wait on Aunt Morag from Scotland coming to see it, but actually just to do it. Uh, whether it's next Sunday here at Hope Church, it's not too late to book in for that, or whether to do it in the sea if you're feeling brave, or whatever it might be, to get baptized and not to wait and wait and wait and wait. Jesus says, if you believe, you need to get baptized. So uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 5, if you have a Bible with you. And before we read out uh, those verses together, I just want you to imagine a scene in your mind. You are uh, traveling uh, in a desert, and you've been walking for many, many days, and you haven't seen many people, and uh, you're getting pretty weary. And every time that you have seen someone, uh, you've asked them if you're traveling in the right direction, you've told them where you need to go, and they're not quite sure if you're going in the right direction or not. And uh, you're continuing to travel, and your feet are starting to hurt quite a lot. You're getting very hungry, you're getting thirsty, and uh, you're, you're really tempted actually to uh, just lay down, uh, just to find a bush in the middle of the desert and just to sleep. And if you make it through the night, then you might go again the next day. And you're just traveling and traveling, and it's getting pretty, uh, pretty tiresome. And just as you're about to give up, you see on the horizon what you think might be a light. And it's at that point that you start to have hope coming through uh, your whole body. You just suddenly get a, a new, fresh uh, impetus of energy as you start to think, this could be the destination that I'm heading towards. This could be it. And as you start to walk further and further forward, this light comes into view uh, more clearly. And you see it's a small town. And it might well be the destination you're heading for. Even if it's not, you are going to get help. There's going to be water. There's going to be refuge there's going to be nourishment, there's going to be people who you can uh, ask for assistance, and it might be possible then to actually find the destination that you're looking for. It's in this context that I want to read to you these verses from Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to read them out together, they're going to come up on the screens around the room as well. Jesus says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So this is the final message in our We Are The Church series, and today we're going to be looking at the church as a city on a hill. We've looked at uh, the church as the bride of Christ, getting herself ready for the final day. We've looked at the church as the body of Christ and how we individually are members of that body with a part to play, uh, each one uh, serving in different ways, not trying to uh, imitate others' uh, gifting, but actually 
finding out what gifting we have and playing our part in building the body. We've looked at the church as an army. Morris uh, spoke the other week about the, uh, the NMP, not my problem, uh, that people would often say in his military uh, background. People would say, it's not my problem, NMP. And actually, we each, as soldiers in the army, we do see the world as a problem, and we do see that we have a mission uh, to write it with the good news of Jesus. We looked at the church as being a family or a household and how we're to uh, be brothers and sisters in this household together, a community that is deep, that is caring, looking out for one another. We looked at the church as a temple where we make sacrifices. We make sacrifices. We are living sacrifices. Uh, We don't uh, sacrifice goats and bulls. We actually put ourselves on the altar and say, I am now offering myself as a living sacrifice to you. And we looked at the church as a royal priesthood that we are priests with access to God. We can come before God with confidence. And now we're declaring the excellencies of the great high priest, who is Jesus, who has gone uh, uh, to the, the, as it were, to the altar and has laid his life down for us so that we can be forgiven. And then last week we looked at us being a holy nation and how we were a people gathered from every nation and that uh, God is doing something remarkable in the world that is actually breaking down the barriers between the different races and ethnicities and nations. And today we're looking at the church being a city on a hill. So all that we have just imagined as we've imagined uh, going through a desert in the darkness and seeing a light on the horizon, this is what the church is to be, a light in the dark place. There's many uh, thousands of people wandering in darkness in this town. People are not really sure if they are Um, going in the right direction, not really sure what their destination even is. And the church, we as Hope Church and the many different expressions of the church in this town, we are to be a city on a hill, a light in the darkness. Mike Betts, who uh, leads Relational Mission, which is the uh, movement of churches we're part of, he writes this in his book, uh, A Way of Life, Relational Mission. He says this, Jesus is calling for the church to create a society within a society. The church should be a city on a hill that people look at and say, that's impressive. We can't see that anywhere else on planet Earth. That is the kingdom of God. So we're going to consider this morning what kind of people we're to be if we're to be a city on a hill, if we're to be a light in the dark place so that people can come to see and glorify God as we read in this passage from Matthew together. So firstly, I want to call us to be a people of hope. This church is called Hope Church. I love that it's called Hope Church. I wasn't involved in naming it Hope Church, but I love it. It's an intentional name. We want to be a people of hope. We want to be a people who possess a hope. We do possess a hope, but we want to display that hope that we possess. Really, uh, we're in a world which is pretty cynical, I would suggest. A a world where people are pretty disillusioned with life, and uh, people so often are Um, half-glass-empty kind of people, or people who see behind every silver lining there's a cloud. This is kind of the environment which we often find ourselves in, in our workplaces, in uh, often in our family lives or in, uh, in other contexts, people are very much disillusioned and often without hope, not really uh, sure what life is all about, not really sure what this whole uh, thing is all about. Is it the rat race that we try and uh, get to the top, we try and uh, get as much uh, success in business as we can or whatever it might be? Really, people are, I would suggest, without hope. And for many hundreds, I hope even thousands of people, we will uh, come to be a hope in Ipswich. You know, biblical hope is not a wish, okay? 
Often we say, I hope this will happen. Well, biblical hope is not that kind of hope. Biblical hope is a, certain, is, is a certainty of an outcome. We are certain that we will be with God forever. We're certain that we can know him now and we can walk and, and, and have fullness of life by knowing God now. It's a certainty. It's not a wish. It's not a kind of, oh, this might happen. No, this is, a, this is the joyful anticipation of good. That's what biblical hope is. It's the joyful anticipation of good. It's like children on Christmas morning. They can see their presents all wrapped up under the tree. They know that good stuff is coming. Okay? They don't wish for it because they can see it. And they know that when they open those presents, it's going to be good. This is what the Christian hope is. We are absolutely expectant of good things. That We know we've got a good father. We know we're going to be with him forever. We know that even in the darkness, even in difficult times, that good is on its way. Amen? Is that right? So we've been guaranteed a future. The Holy Spirit has been uh, placed in our lives as a deposit that God is going to come back for us. He's placed the Holy Spirit within our lives and we now have a certainty he's going to take us to be with him forever. There's no, there's no hope that compares. There's nothing that can really compete with the gospel. There is nothing. I, there's no message in all of society that can compete with the good news of Jesus Christ. Christians, we have a hope. It won't fade all the other hopes that the world offers, whether it be popularity or fame or physical or material possessions, comfort, sexual pleasure, all of these things, these things fade and they disappoint. Hope that we have won't fade. It says in First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. This is an unfading hope that we have. And so we're to be a people of hope. Let's be known as the most hope-filled people in our workplace. Let's be known as the most uh, uh, hope-filled people at the school gate or wherever it might be. We are, as I've said already, we're in such a cynical world. Cynicism is really the air we breathe each day, people can be so uh, mistrusting. People can, uh, there's a lot of misery out there. People can look at the future and be thinking, well, there's nothing really good uh, going to come about uh, in the future for me. Um, even in the whole nation, I would suggest, you know, people look to the future and think, well, our country's in trouble because of economical problems or whatever it might be. People look at the football team, maybe they have good reason to, but they say, oh, there's no, England will never win a major trophy ever again. That's, this is kind of, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, uh, a light-hearted example, but really, people don't really look to the future often with a bright hope and optimism. If we uh, think about it for a minute, it really can suffocate us. It's really been born out of, cynicism is born out of when people let us down, when people or systems let us down, we've put our hope in them, and then we've been disappointed. And it can lead us to kind of have like a an emotional scar tissue that we really can't trust people. We can't, um, we can't see the good in people or we can't see the good in the future. It can creep into our lives. Cynicism uh, and fear, it can really uh, constrain us. It can affect our prayer lives. I would suggest that many of our prayer lives are affected by disappointment in the past and cynicism has crept in and we think, well, I'm not, I, there's no point praying because nothing's really going to happen. Ask your most trusted friends or your spouse someone who knows you well, ask them, am I a hope-filled person or am I pretty cynical? Am I someone who's a glass-half-empty kind of person? Have you 
allowed cynicism to creep into your life. Maybe because you think it might protect you. It might protect you from disappointment. If I don't believe uh, for good in this situation, if I don't believe for the best in this situation, then well, it will protect me when I'm uh, inevitably disappointed. Well, actually, cynicism doesn't protect us. It stops us from doing anything. It stops us from moving forward. And uh, I really do believe that we're to be a, a hope-filled people. Children are full of hope. And uh, Jesus encourages us to be like children, especially in our prayer lives, that we're to be like children. Children are not cynical. Children, uh, certainly, the ch- the, I've got uh, two four-year-olds and uh, nearly two-year-old. And my, my four-year-old girls, they are, they're not cynical. They're full of hope. They believe that, uh, that God can do everything because it's true. They actually believe that their dad is the best at DIY in the world just because I've successfully replaced the batteries in the remote. They think I'm amazing. Now, they are ultimately going to get disappointed when they realize I can do next to nothing when it comes to DIY in the coming years. But they say things like this, Dad, you are the best fixer in the whole world. And it's a very nice ego boost when you hear that kind of thing. But children are, they, they are filled with a faith that God can do anything. And it's like we're, like, we're to be like that in our prayer lives. We're to be like that in the way we look to the future. Actually, we've got a hope. We've got a bright hope because God is with us. We can look forward with optimism, not because we trust in other people and place our whole trust in them or trust in a system, but no, we trust in God and he is with us. We're to be like children in that way. So, we're filling our minds with who God is, if we're filling our minds with his power and his might, and we're singing songs as we've sung this morning of his holiness and his uh, majesty, if, we, if we're really filling our minds with these things, we won't be cynical people. We won't be people who think, oh, nothing's really ever going to happen. We actually will believe anything is possible with God, and we need to be doing that. When I was a social worker, uh, in so many ways in the workplace, I, I know I didn't, um, I wasn't a good witness. But one way in which I believe I was a good witness was in the way in which I was someone who had hope. And uh, I had a, a really kind of um, a spring in my step because I knew God was with me. Even when the cuts came in to the, to the social services and uh, there was really not enough staff and a lot of work to do. And people were very, very cynical indeed. There was a lot of grumpy and miserable people uh, who I loved dearly, but really people... Even if good news came in, they would, they would always think, well, how long is this going to last? You know, how long is it going to last that we're going to get that funding? That's going to go soon, or whatever it might be. But I know that often what was remarked about me was, Tom, you are pretty positive about this. How can you not be uh, slagging off the, the higher echelons of the, the council? How can you not be uh, critical of them? I knew that God was with me. I knew that he was with me, and therefore I had hope, because I knew that God could sustain me and help me. So let's be filling our minds with who God is. Let's be prayerful. Let's be God-focused. Let's believe him for good. Really, I do think we're going to stand out in this town like a city stands out on a hill in a desert, in a dark place. I believe we're going to stand out in this town when we really are very different when it comes to being filled with hope. When we actually really, it comes from our relationship with God. It comes from focusing on who he is, but we will stand out. We will be like a light in the darkness because this world is so cynical. It is so cynical and not filled with confidence of good things to come. So we, 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 we mustn't be complainers and grumblers. Hope-filled people don't complain and grumble. And we read in Philippians, don't we, that as we 
uh, as we do away with grumbling and complaining, we will shine like bright lights in this dark universe. We really will. In the way in which we handle ourselves. Just in the, sometimes it's those conversations at the water cooler. Sometimes it's uh, wherever, wherever it might be in the context of life where we're with people who don't know Jesus yet. It's so often not grumbling and complaining. It's having an attitude where we're grateful uh, for all the things we have. I think a lot of people are not grateful for what they have. And we really are in a society where we have so much more compared to the rest of the world. And we're not grateful for that. We're not grateful for the many, many good things we have. As we have gratitude, as we reflect on who God is, as we remind ourselves of who he is, we will be hope-filled people. So let's be a people of hope. Amen? Yeah. Secondly, let's be a people of hospitality. We're not to be simply seen from afar, but we're also to welcome others in so that we can provide a taste of this city within a city, to this town within a town, if we were to contextualize it for Ipswich. I, I really believe a huge part of this is showing hospitality. I believe a huge part of it is inviting people into our uh, homes, inviting people into our community and saying, come on in. And really people belonging before they believe. You know, the disciples, they, they hadn't um, sussed out who Jesus was before they followed him. They hadn't really sussed him out. They followed him. They spent a lot of time with him. And even after he calmed a storm, even after this storm was raging and he just said, stop, they were still saying, who is this guy? He didn't require them to take some sort of theological test before he said, well, you can be my disciple now. They didn't have to kind of recite the whole of the Old Testament before he said, come on in. No, they belonged before they believed. Jesus welcomed them into his group. And he loved them. He really showed them love. They weren't projects for him. He said, come on in. Come on in. I want to love you. I want to, uh, you, you know, and really spend time with them. We, we must welcome people well. We give people a, a real taste of the, the heavenly city, as it were, that is lived out on earth right now. We absolutely believe in the go of the gospel. We really believe that we must go. I preached about this last week that we do indeed go to people. We do indeed go to nations and to other towns and we, uh, to, we go and talk to people about Jesus. But we also come and say, come and see. Come and, uh, come and check out what this is all about. I really believe that the way in which we live out our community life is a way in which people will see something very different. People will taste something different. People will say, I've not seen this before. We're in a very uh, rapidly growing town. Do you know that Ipswich is the fourth fastest uh, uh, growing urban area in England? It's a, it's a rapidly growing area. There's new places going up all of the time. And uh, with the population growing in the, by the thousands over the next few years, we've got an opportunity as a church to welcome people well into this town. Whether or not they're Christians, whether they... Uh, have ever heard of Jesus or not, we've got an opportunity to welcome people. And it might be that people move in to houses near us and we say hi and we, work, we introduce ourselves. Or we, as people come to visit us here as a church, let's be welcoming people. It's such an important thing that we, we display a welcome. Um, I, this was hammered home to me a number of years ago. Uh, I think I may have shared this before, forgive me if I have, but Sarah and I, we were engaged and invited to attend a Gudwara, which is a Sikh place of worship. Sarah had invited a colleague of hers to church, and her friend had said, well, I'll come to church if you come to a Gudwara. And uh, so we said, okay. And we were told it was a birthday party, and so we were going to go along and enjoy uh, some food. And um, so we went along, uh, me with my woolly hat on, Sarah with a, with a scarf over her head. And um, the first 
literally the first thing that we were greeted with as we walked through the door was two guys who pointed at us and said, who are they and what are they doing here? That was the, that was the response we got um, because we looked very different and um, maybe you know, a woolly hat wasn't the right attire, um, but I knew I had to cover my head in some way. Uh, that was the response we received as we walked through the door. And uh, thankfully, Sarah's friend came and gave us a very good welcome uh, and, uh, and was very warm to us. Um, but then Sarah and her friend had to go up one set of stairs, and I was told to go up another set of stairs on my own. And realized very soon that we were not there for a birthday party, but we were there for a service. And uh, the birthday party came later. And I had to sit um, throughout a whole service in another language. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah had translation at the other side of the room. And uh, it was, yeah, it was an eye-opening experience for sure. But uh, it really hammered home to me how alien churches for many, many people, how we often speak in a language that's not very uh, understandable for many people, but also how, um, how welcome is so important. It's so important. I was speaking with some people who have recently joined the church, and uh, they said to me that one of the very best things that they um, experienced at Hope Church was that it wasn't just people with badges on that came and said hello to them. Now, we have an excellent welcome team, an excellent connect team here, but uh, it was a real blessing to hear that uh, someone said that the, the, one of the best things about this was that people were coming up and saying hello to me who clearly weren't part of a team. They clearly weren't, it wasn't their job to do it. And I want to really encourage each one of us, if we see anyone uh, we don't recognize, they might have actually been in the church for many, many years and you just may not know them, but just go and say hello. Go and welcome people well. And so that uh, really we are, we are a welcoming community here. I want to see us grow in that more and more. Um, we're saying to people, come and see. We're saying to people, come and see what we have here, what hope we have. Isaiah uh, chapter 60, just want to read to you um, some verses from it. It says here, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness will cover the people, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. As we are filled with that hope, we will shine, and people will come to us. People will come, as we've read here, nations will come. Kings to the, to the brightness of your rising. It's, there's something here that is a come and see. We do absolutely believe in going and speaking to people. But we do believe here on a Sunday and in many other contexts, uh, many other events that we're putting on here, we're saying, come. We're invite, we want to really have a culture of invitation here. Where we're saying, I don't have all the answers, but just come. Just come and see uh, what we believe. Come and see what the difference that Jesus has made in people's lives. I want to encourage us to, to really have that culture amongst us. So we've got opportunities over this Christmas period to invite people to excellent events where we can say, hey, you might ask me loads of questions about God, about suffering, about creation, about uh, the resurrection, whatever it might be, and I'm going to try and answer them, but I can't answer all of them. Just come and see. Just come and check out our church. You may never come back again, or you might want to come back and know some more. Come along. I want to encourage each one of us to have that, um, that mindset that really it, it, just handing a card to someone and saying, come, it's Christmas time. Come and uh, sing some carols with us. Come and uh, just check out what we believe about Christmas. I, I do really want to encourage us each to do that. So people might 
come here, they might belong before they believe. We might have people uh, really just feeling a part of things here that, uh, you know, with, before they could even say, I'm not really sure uh, who Jesus is, just as the disciples did. We, I, I want to just be clear here, you must be born again. You must come to see who Jesus is. But really, you're very welcome here. Uh, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you're very welcome here. And we, we love that you're here. And we want to have that culture as a church here. People really can belong here before they've got everything sussed out. So this is something that's really important to us. Let's be a welcoming people. Let's be a hospitable people. Let's be those who are eager on Sundays to get here early. Let's be eager on Sundays to get here early so that we can welcome those who are new amongst us. A few weeks ago, um, I was unwell. I, I couldn't make it to one of the services. And uh, I had a text from uh, Matt, who works with me at the church here. He said, it's nine o'clock. There's one person here, and he's a visitor. And uh, now, obviously, within about two minutes, the place was filled up. But I really want to encourage us. Let's be eager to get here early so that we can welcome people, so that we can say, hey, it's good to see you. Let's uh, get, to know you, get to know you better. Let's be eager to be here early. We're a rapidly growing town, as I've said. People come to visit us a lot. We have a lot of visitors here at Hope Church. I want us to be a people who are welcoming. It really will, will shine as we do that. Because uh, we often have in this uh, culture a sort of um, this phrase, don't we? An Englishman's home is his castle. And we kind of can keep ourselves to ourselves quite a lot. We don't really want people coming into our homes Maybe we're embarrassed about the state of our homes. I don't know what it, what it is, but let's, let's ditch that. Let's ditch that. That's not a heavenly culture. Um, we really want to be those who say, come on in, even if our house is a bit rough around the edges, if, even if uh, our cooking's not uh, you know, British Bake Off standard, um, which it really isn't in our case. Let's be, let's be those who say, come on in. We want to just get to know you better. So let's be a hospitable people. Fine, let's be a people of servanthood. They will see your good deeds. They will come to glorify your Father in heaven. This is what uh, we want to be doing as a church. We want to be serving this town well. We really love Ipswich. We're here for Ipswich. We're here for the good of Ipswich. We want to serve it well. Just the other day, um, our staff said goodbye to the staff from Talitha Coombe, who have been based here for a number of years, a ministry supporting um, women who are, have addictions. It was set up in response to the, um, the murders of the prostitutes about 10 years ago now. And they've now moved into their own purpose-built facility. It's a phenomenal charity. People in this church are involved in it. Um, just last night, I was speaking with a friend of mine who's involved with the soup kitchen. And uh, he was just uh, recounting a, a story from last night whereby he was speaking to a lady who um, has basically, she's been sleeping rough near the skate park for some months now. And um, she's having to prostitute herself just so that she can get somewhere warm to sleep at night. Um, this is, I was sitting there speaking to my friend and I was really heartbroken as I was just hearing his, um, he was really um, affected by it as well. And, um, you know, there's so much need in this town. And we're going to be hosting the night shelter here over the winter months. And there's always, there's always room for more people to come and get in the mix here and help out. Some would be required to stay overnight. Some would be required to just to help with meals or help in the morning with clear up. Um, there's so much need. Next year, we're um, starting an initiative called Make Lunch, which will be running one or two days in the school holidays to um, provide a meal for children whose uh, families rely on the free school meal system. 
And so often in holidays, either the children or their parents will go without because uh, they haven't got the money to sustain it. And so we're going to be running that um, in some school holidays next year. And we're looking for people to come and step forward and say, I want to help out with that. So maybe that's you and you have availability in school holidays in some way. And we're looking for people to to come and help out with that. We really have got... uh, an opportunity to serve many, many people. And, and it's really not just in the ways that um, I've described. It's not just in soup kitchen and night shelter or make lunch. There's many, many needs in this town. There's needs in, in the house next door to you. I can guarantee that. There's needs. It might not be as obvious. It might not be as um, kind of shocking and offensive as it were, but there's needs. And so let's be those who really serve this town. Let's be those who serve <coughs> others. And uh, Jesus says, they will see your good deeds and they will come to glorify your Father who's in heaven. And uh, the Apostle Peter, he repeats this in, uh, in, in one of his letters, but he says that even though they may accuse you of doing wrong, he says this, I'm just going to read it out, live such good lives among those who don't believe that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. It doesn't suggest here that people might accuse us of doing wrong. He says, you will, you will be accused of doing wrong. So we will be misunderstood as we look to serve this town, as we look to meet the needs of others. We will be misunderstood. Our motives will be questioned. But we want to love this town well. I really want to see Ipswich thrive. Do you? I, I want to see this town um, be a place where people want to live. I, I, I so desire for this town to be a place where people say, oh, Ipswich, that's a great place. I want that, and I want us to play our part in doing that. There will always be needs. The, the, the poor will always be amongst us. That's what we're told in the Scriptures. The poor will, there will always be people who are in need. But let's be, let's be as, a, as a church, committed to serving others. Let's, as a church, be committed to meeting the needs of others, pouring out our lives for the glory of God. You will be misunderstood, but... We're not going to get upset about that. We continue serving. We continue seeking the good of this town. So let's be a people of hope. Let's be those who are really full of hope. We, uh, we possess a hope and we will be attractive just because of that. If we fill our minds with the hope that we have, we'll be attractive because of that. We'll be like a, a bright light on the horizon. People walking in the darkness and say, I, I, I just, all around me I see misery. I see a lot of people in despair. And now, but I see some people here who've got something. I see some people here who've got a hope. Let's say, let's be a people of hope. Let's be a people of hospitality. Let's welcome people into this church well. Let's welcome people into this town. Let's open up our homes. Let's be looking out for new people amongst us in this, in this rapidly growing town. Let's be looking out for people. Let's be people of servanthood. Are you up for this? Are you up for this? Do you want for Hope Church to have a reputation of being a church that serves this town? A a church that really is welcoming, where we hear stories like I've shared where people again and again said, well, you know, the best thing about this church wasn't the coffee or the preaching or the worship or the kids work. It was simply that people came to me and they were interested in me. And they really wanted to know stuff about me. And they really wanted to uh, welcome me well. Let's, I want that to be our reputation. I really want that for us. Let's be a hope-filled people. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that uh, you have given us a hope that is imperishable. That we have a hope that will not fade. That we have a hope, 
of eternal life. We have a hope of God being with us, Emmanuel, that we sung about this morning. And it's a, it's a hope that will not go away. Everything else that seems to be a bright light on the horizon for us in the world, it, it simply fades away and we realize it was a mirage. It, we realize it wasn't really what it was claiming to be. But we know, Lord, when we, when we consider, Jesus, what you've done for us, how you came from heaven, heaven to earth, how you uh, laid down your life for us on the cross, how you took our sin and our shame, how you uh, made it possible for us to uh, come to know God as our Father, when we consider this, we realize we have an incredible hope. We realize we have a hope that will not perish and fade. And Lord Jesus, we want to be hope-filled people. I pray that it will be impossible for us to be discouraged. Lord God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would infuse hope within people, that it would be impossible to be uh, discouraged and downcast, that we would be those that consider the bright hope that we have awaiting us, Lord, in, in the future that we consider the, the incredible truth of the gospel for us now, that God is with us, that we have everything we need in him. I pray, Lord God, that we would, it would be encouraged, that we would be an encouragement to those around us as we are filled with hope, that we really would shine like a, like a bright light on the horizon in the dark place. Lord, we, we look around and uh, we see this town is really in darkness. We see the towns and villages that we're from and we see people walking in darkness. And I want to ask, Father God, that we would shine I want to ask that we would shine for your glory. Lord God, that we would see many, many would come, just as we've read together, that many would see the light and would be drawn to it. Just as people uh, who are so thirsty would be drawn to a spring or a stream. Just as those who uh, are, are hungry would be drawn to free bread. Lord God, we want to be those who are, are offering out a light that we wouldn't hide it away. In every context of our life, we don't want to hide our light, Lord. We want to hold it up high. We want to say, come and check it out. Come and see it for yourself. Father God, would you cause us to shine in this town, I pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us be possessed by hope. Lord God, give us compassion. Give us compassion, Lord, that we would see the needs, not... uh, hide ourselves away from them but Lord we would see the needs even in our own streets Lord God that we would be those that would serve Lord God we're going forward we know that as a church you've got great things for us we know that there's many hundreds who will come to know you but come and be a part of what you're doing here in this family we, we believe you for that Lord thank you Lord God that really nothing can stop you you're, you're unstoppable, God. You are on a mission. We're caught up in that mission. We're your church. Thank you, Lord. We are your church. And we want to play our part in your global mission, Lord. We want to be all of the, the things that we've learned about this series. We want to be it. Lord, we want to be pure like a bride. We want to be playing our part in the body. We want to be an army, Lord, determined to go forward, not uh, not passive, not saying it's not my problem, but actually taking it up and saying, no, this is, this is my problem. This is God's problem, so I'm, it's mine. We want to be a people drawn from every nation, shining bright in this universe. We want to be a, a real international people. Lord God, would you come and help us to, to shine in this town as your church? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.